Hello there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Booze, Booms, and Busts, the podcast where we quaff a few beers while discussing the latest in markets, geopolitics, and more. My name is Boa Shoshan, and I'm joined once again by Sam Volkering. Sam, it has been an awfully long time since we have done one of these, and I don't even know which topic we should start on because so much has occurred during that period. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow, that's... I hadn't even thought of it like that, but I, I, I have looked at our last episode and it is one month and nine days since we last Yikes. did this. And Every week. <laughs> one, New one, episodes every week. Where, yeah. Join us every Friday. Every other month, every Friday. Yeah. But on a Wednesday or maybe a Tuesday. But anyway, the, <laughs> but, sorry, a month, a month and nine days isn't actually that long really i mean it's not right in crypto mate that's like uh like that's a few five uh, five or six weeks right i mean come on that's that's uh, not that much. that's a lifetime in crypto mate well it's, <laughs> you even say then that. well karen sorry I was just, you say that and it is a lifetime in crypto but it's now also a lifetime in fucking the market in the economy in the central bank in the government whatever you want it's a lifetime in everything now it used to be just oh my god you can have like a year in crypto in like a month now it's like oh my god you can have a year in all markets in a month because everything has proverbially hit the fan yeah i was looking at the um the uk yield curve uh (laughs) just taking a look at the bond would you call it a curve though anymore um there's a curve in a bit of it. It looks like a crowbar actually now. Uh, but I was just taking a look at that. And there's a great website called worldgovernmentbonds.com. The very little advertising and they provide some great data. Yeah. And on it, they will show you the yield curve currently and a month ago and six months ago. So if we're just looking at the yield curve a month ago for mm. the UK and then now, it's quite a change. And then six months, obviously, it's really very extreme. And yeah, a month is a long time in markets. I mean, we could always uh, use that overused Lenin quote about there are decades where nothing happens and then there are days where decade, decades happen. Oh, well, I, I, I've not actually heard that before. You've not heard that? Oh, mate. No. Yeah, it, it gets overused a little too much. I'm uh, partly to blame. I've certainly used that a lot in the past. But a lot there has been some massive changes over the past month like oh, uh yeah. things it's, are getting pretty wild out there it's crazy i mean i've yeah <laughs> I, I it's almost like actually it's it's like the inverse it's like in the months you know it feels like a lot's happened in crypto but it really hasn't um i mean it has but I mean, people really only care about the price of things, so it kind of hasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's the price of uh, stuff in the real world is uh, beginning to uh, get pretty interesting, I would say. Well, uh, yeah, but not unexpectedly. Depends. It depends. I mean, the fact that price is now radically different for uh, certain things than they were a month ago it suggests that it definitely in ways people weren't expecting. But Sam, just to, uh, because we are being very conceptual here, we're not talking about anything specific. I'm going to usher in a uh, former segment we used to use, oh, which yeah. we still use occasionally, which oh, is the yeah. bullish and bearish segment. 
yeah. Sam, what are you bullish and bearish on right now? Because uh, uh, there's okay. plenty of things to be to be both on, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, there is. I'm I'm going to I'm going to throw out my bullish case. Uh, I'm bullish on British manufacturing. Mm. Yeah, a cheap pound's got to help for something, right? Fucking cheap pound's got to help for some exporters. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go bullish on on the British manufacturing. I don't think anybody is paying any attention to that whatsoever. Um, and there's a lot of fear mongering. But if you're an exporter, happy days. It's pretty fucking good, right? You're you're on discount to the rest of the world. I was thinking about, but the the only problem is is that probably you know policy for the last decade or so hasn't exactly encouraged that sector but those that that have been you know adamant on growing their infrastructure and and tooling up manufacturing in in britain you you're you're on you're on sale and there's there's still no matter what people think or say there's still a perception of quality from british products overseas just because they're british um, and so I think that manufacturing might actually come out of this not too bad. If anything, uh, it might be a little manufacturing boom. So um, companies, you know, I think Jaguar Land Rover might come out of it okay for certain aspects of their business, although I do know they produce a bunch of things overseas and they do source some things overseas. There's a fair few semiconductor companies in the UK that might come out of this not too bad considering the dearth of semiconductors globally um what else i would say i'd say things like you know what are the tradition what are like really british things like fashion's probably one burberry is probably a company that might come out of this okay mulberry 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 bags i would i would i would have said maybe some of the some of the tea companies but i think most of them are owned by foreign entities as well same with some of the like british manufactured uh alcohol companies most of those are owned by overseas companies anyway. But then I think that's they're, they're sort of the general gist of where I think things might go okay and then kind of buck the trend. Sure. And even if you think of the international companies that are uh, have their headquarters in the UK but invoice in dollars, yep. those are going to probably the stocks are going to do pretty well in FTSE. Um, but that's the bullish side. Sam, what are you bearish on? What am I bearish on? I'm can I be bearish on the central bank again? Oh, <laughs> I think sure. I've been that old chestnut. I think I've been bearish on them before. It's like they the Bank of England more specifically, they've got man, they've got no fucking clue. <laughs> I, like seriously. They should yeah. have been all over this. I mean, I'm 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 being graceful here. Six months ago, they should have been all over this. Oh, they should have been all over this a year ago. They 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 could how they could not see. Even before the fucking mini budget and all that sort of stuff, I mean, you can look at the fucking yields on 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 the bonds, and 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 they doubled in the last yep. what six months or so. Yeah, so they've they've halved. <laughs> they've halved. halved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck me. And now, hey baby, QE's back, bitch. <laughs> yeah, just when you least expected it. We're going to really inflationary period from clenching the ass cheeks to fucking bending over and spreading them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I'm, I'm probably with you on that one. Uh, I don't think Andrew Bailey at the, the bank of England is looking very good right now. Wouldn't be very envious of him. 
Uh, yeah. Can they okay. just sack him? Like, can uh, they bring in someone else? Well, actually, it's quite interesting because you you'd have grounds to sack him anyway. Because yeah. uh, every every month, the governor of the BOE has to write to the chancellor and say why the inflation isn't at two percent, as is the uh, as the central <laughs> bank. Imagine target. that fucking note this month. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, over the ever since the financial crisis, when inflation was well, headline inflation was lower than that. They were, you know, the George Osborne was receiving all these letters saying, "Yeah, we're really sorry, inflation isn't high, but we're doing what we can." And now it's just the inverse. But now it's like you don't really you're, you don't have nearly so much of an excuse because before when inflation wasn't high enough, there was the fear of deflation. And now you're saying, oh, I don't want to raise interest rates too high because then I'll create an issue in financial markets. But when you think that the, the Bank of England's mandate is to protect the, the purchasing power and the, the stability of the currency and the pound's getting its ass handed to it. You know, it doesn't look very good when you just sit on your ass, uh, like Andrew Bailey has been doing for quite a while. And now, when you're actually turning on the printing presses again, that really does not look very good. Turning on quantitative easing after not hiking enough uh, and then kind of shitting the bed over hike, uh, afraid of hiking too much. Well, so here's the thing, right? Have have Has there ever been a period of QE and uh, increasing rates. Well, it seemed like a bit of that was going to go on in Japan, and they've not. I think have they turned off negative interest rates there? I think they may have, <laughs> but the yen's getting completely wrecked. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's in terms of sending mixed messages, the Bank of England is uh, is really sending mixed messages. It's not doing very very good at all. No, it's not. And and that, I think we we might have said it a quite a number of episodes ago, probably going back into last year, that they probably had it, they had a choice. They could more or less progressively crash. Well, I don't use the term crash lightly, but they could have progressively devalued the equity markets or they could have progressively devalued the property markets. And it was probably probably wise to go the property route and just, you know, just get aggressive early slam those rates up high and not inflation on the head fucking in January this year. And we wouldn't be in this, like quasi could have come out with his budget cuts and these tax cuts and everything. And there would have been some room for the, for the bank of England to absorb any currency movement off the back of that, but there would have been a lot more stability and now they're fucked. <laughs> so they're, so they're putting people in a position, they're putting mortgage payers in a position where they're going to peel off the value of the property. They're going to cause even more stress on, uh, on people's disposable incomes. And it's going to send the country into a deeper recession, but it's, you know, these things need to need to happen. Uh, yeah. I don't think they're going to let it happen. There's going to, I think it's just going to be more intervention. As soon as there's issues in the property market, there's going to be, more either from the fiscal side or I think there'll be more from the, the central bank side. Are you, are you talking, are you saying what I think you're saying? Are you saying the helicopters are coming again? Um, I don't think they're going to need to go that far, but the, yeah, the Bank of England is not going to be standing around defending the value of the British pound. Uh, I don't think we can rely on them for doing that. I think, I, it'll, it'll, go, it'll have to go below parity with the US dollar, you'd think. 
You reckon? Uh, well, that really depends on what the Americans do. Uh, and yeah, this is such a such a big conversation. Um, I I think I think we're going to hit parity with the dollar. I don't think we're going to go below it, but I could be wrong. Um, that's just my that's just my guess. I think we're it's going to be one to one, and then pound will get stronger again. We'll so do you, do you know do you know what the um but the interesting beneficiary of of all of this is for British investors that um have been involved or investing in the crypto markets is that. Um, through no, probably no intention of their own. Um, anyone holding stable coins, US denominated USD stable coins, is doing, doing okay out of this. This is this is this is this is working out quite nicely if you hold crypto, and most crypto is denominated in uh, USD. Things things aren't as bad as it seems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I know a few people who get paid in USDC and. Uh... You're living internationally, it's pretty good. I mean, everyone in the UK, we do like to make it like out like we're the yeah, everyone wants to say that UK sucks and we're getting wrecked and whatever. But if you just take a look at all of the other developed currencies versus the dollar, they're all getting wrecked. The dollar's yeah. doing really, really well. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean, euro, pound, yen, uh yeah, you go, you want to go to Brazil, see how that's doing against the dollar. You know, things are not looking very good. So the uh, uh, the pounds the pounds actually not too bad against the Aussie dollar. I mean, if you were if you if you now really if people were you know planning on going to America, you know, and like oh it's too expensive now, just go to Australia instead. We'll always have Turkey, I guess. <laughs> uh, the lira's hey, not now, doing too we chuckle, well. But I the Turkey shawl inclusives are apparently pretty good. Uh, no, I mean, I, I love Turkey. I mean, I was in Istanbul like two months ago or something and uh, had a fantastic time. But I mean, it's very, very, life is becoming very, very hard over there. Can't afford beer. Like people are just drinking on the street and like asking other people for beer. Uh, not very like okay. <laughs> yeah, but like it's it's like it's uh, there, are, there, are, there are loads of people doing that. Like that is very common to see gatherings in you know fairly you know developed residential areas of folks doing that. Um, but like just in turn, getting back to the, the bullish bearish side, uh, there are loads of different things you could you could look at at the minute. I find it very interesting Quartang's decision to go for additional rate tax to cut additional rate tax. So this is if you earn more than one hundred fifty thousand pounds gross every year, uh, you'll pay forty five percent tax on everything above that, rather than forty percent. Uh, and getting rid of that, I think it. Like, while I'm against really high taxation, I think it's ridiculous that the government gets half your shit if you earn a lot of money. It just seems like a crazy move politically uh, if you want to get reelected, that you would you would make that decision rather than reducing the lower rates of tax. So yeah. what they're making, uh, in, the basic rate tax from 20% to 19. Uh, and that's that's okay. But it's like, if you want to get reelected, yeah. why would you go for people earning 150 grand plus? Because anyone who's earning that much money anyway, will likely have an accountant who is helping them reduce their tax burden uh, using other means as well. So why yeah, would you go for that one? It's a bit, it's a bit of a silly political move because I'm all, I, and I'm with you. I'm all for the, there shouldn't, the, 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 there shouldn't be a higher tax rate like that. It shouldn't, I, I don't even think necessarily there should be a top tax rate of 40%, but that if you're going to do that and bring it back to 40%, which it has been previously for, 
different for both sides of government um, historically is that shift the like, like you say the shift the the lower the lower bracket and shift the thresholds and if you shift the thresholds that can have as equally an important effect on higher income earners but also middle income and lower income earners as well and so therefore everyone benefits and you also can you know argue that you're spurring growth in the economy by enabling more money to flow into it so he's a bit of an idiot i'm all for cutting taxes but also he's a bit of an idiot i think the optics are, are terrible like i disagree with 45 percent income tax but like that's just such a it just seems like political suicide but you know um, whatever. can we i've got to say something else while we're on the subject of taxes i had this conversation with someone the other day um i am all for i think it's the greatest thing ever that prince charles is not paying a cent in inheritance tax i think that's fantastic i think it's great okay. i love it the only problem is is that should be the rule for fucking everyone <laughs> so yes Yes, he shouldn't pay inheritance tax, and neither should anyone else. So if you're gonna, if it's not that it's not, I'm not angry that he's not paying the inheritance tax. I'm angry that that's not a rule they've applied to everybody. I'm all for that. I think that's great. No, no inheritance tax. Now just roll it out for everyone else, you fuckheads. I remember uh, back when I was a financial advisor, uh, when you're looking at all of the inheritance tax mitigation policies, uh, the ways that you can try and uh, reduce an inheritance tax bill. Leave the, the country is uh, probably the best one. Uh, well, actually, that won't if you ever want to come back to it. But the most direct one, the most direct one would be to get a whole of life insurance policy. Uh, so you calculate the inheritance tax bill uh, yeah. and then you buy a whole of life insurance policy. Uh, that will then pay out the amount due in inheritance tax as soon as you're dead. And these things, because uh, you would get very high figures for mm. it. And most people wouldn't go for it because they're so expensive. So this is an insurance company. You're saying, when you're going to die one day. Whenever you die, we're going to pay this much money. So you, the insurance company... That's going to be a high premium. <laughs> is, gonna, is like looking at you and be like, okay, how how much money can we earn from this guy before he dies so that we actually end up making money on it? And so most people would not go for these, but they would pay ridiculous commissions if you could actually sell one of them. So I'm just, oh, I'm just thinking in my head, imagine if I was the financial advisor to King Charles and like, if I could manage to sell that whole of life insurance policy plan, oof, think of the commission, you know, like, that, that would be you so done for the rest of your he life. He would have had to have paid like a couple of hundred mil in inheritance tax or something, right? So to cover that was he would add what like a billion pound fucking insurance policy or something right? Yeah, it would be uh, quite a lucrative uh, insurance policy, that's for sure. The pre the premium would have been about what a hundred million, maybe more, five hundred million. Yeah, I remember uh, a friend of mine who's still in the financial advice business. He used to just sell insurance, and there was one chap who was the son of some uh, big uh, entrepreneurial family in the UK who shall remain nameless. And this guy was, uh, he liked to party really hard. And he, 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 and as a result, 
He also had a massive inheritance tax liability. But this guy had all sorts in his blood. Uh, so if you do want to get insured for a very high amount of money, the insurance provider will say, we need you to get a full uh, health test. So we need to know for sure whether what it is you're putting inside. And um, if you are you know, obese, for example, you will get what's called a rating where they will uh, they may double or triple the amount of that you pay in premiums. Or if it, and if it's really bad, if it is really bad, they will simply say, we're not going to sell you insurance. You're too much of a risk. So this chap had cocaine and uh, MDMA and all sorts in his blood. And he wasn't very young either. And he was still going pretty hard. And it, what happened in the end, so uh, my friend did not think that it was like the insurance provider. You, you looked at the health report, insurance provider is not, it's just going to say no. But the insurance provider in the end was like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll just do it with like a triple rating. So just triple the premiums. Wow. There is so much money to be made from this policy that we're actually gonna we're gonna just take the risk of this guy dying really early from partying hard, uh, because if he does live a long life, then we'll we'll earn plenty of money. So my friend was working for an insurance uh, provider, just direct for an insurance provider, and he made his like yearly target target in one wow. in the one sale, um, because you know that's a, it's a lucrative business insurance. Hey man, insurance makes the world go round. That's, you know what, that's, <laughs> I was talking to my brother and we we're like, well, what, what companies, what, what companies, what sectors would, would you, we should we be looking at? What company sectors should, you know, people be looking at? And, you know, we, we, he was talking about <clears throat> how Michael Burry's like all cash and um, uh, Berkshire's got a fucking fuck ton of cash. And if the S&P was to like clip off 40%, where do you think Berkshire would move their money? And then he was like, who was it? Someone and someone is also, or was it, or was it, I don't know if it was Bury or someone else has moved into prisons and oh yeah, shut that insurers, prisons and insurers, prisons, banks, and dirty energy, dirty. I say it with sort of inverted commas, dirty energy. That, that, that's probably where you'd move, right? Pretty grim outlook, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, you know, people going to go to jail. People going to, gonna eventually die and yeah okay it's pretty grim <laughs> yeah i think when it comes to bullish and bearish i'll try and put a, a more uh, a nicer a nicer spin on it i think uh in on the bullish side i would agree with you on um uk manufacturing i uh, i think this accelerates my us uk um grand reunion thesis where we become mm -hmm. east hawaii and the 51st state <laughs> so when pound usd hits parity that'll be when they take over and uh, the bank of england becomes uh, the federal reserve's 13th district but there is there is a negative to this story as well is that it does mean there'll be more americans holidaying in the uk uh, i'm okay with americans fly over america it's the east coasters that uh, I, I i was in edinburgh uh, about a week ago edinburgh and, oh my lord the number of east coast accents just oof, drove me insane i've got to say i don't mind fly over america i think the south has you know all the folks that you do meet from there are all being very fine upstanding individuals but the east coasters they just think they own the place and uh yeah, I'd, I'd hope that maybe we'd get a bit more of a diverse tourism. Um, yeah, more, more diverse tourists from the, the, uh, the, great, the great country of the United States. However, we'll, uh, we'll have to find 
but I do think when it comes to British manufacturing, what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be even more US buyouts of British companies. And I think there's going to be more foreign direct investment in the UK from the US as a result of this really weak pound. But that's got to get past the competitions board, doesn't it? Sure. Uh, but they, I think they're all on board with it. They've allowed quite a few takeovers take place already. Didn't they have, did they have an issue recently with, um, Megat? No, they eventually cleared that. I mean, they did for a little yep. bit, but then they eventually cleared that. Um, with the ARM, was it ARM? Oh, was that not ARM trying to, us trying to list ARM in London? Can't remember. I feel, but that got the kibosh, I thought. Yeah. Besides, I, I, I think regardless, I think this trend is just going to keep going and going. Yeah. Ultimately, Funny, speaking, speaking of the East Coast thinking there in the world, did you see the, um, was it the um, IMF uh, decided to... Oh, yeah. That was, that was hilarious. Just say, oh, come on, guys. Yeah, the IMF. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, we really need your, uh, your help, guys. You've done some really good things around the world, the IMF. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? They're a trustworthy, credible organization that, that has just done the right thing for so many years. I mean, why shouldn't we trust them? Yeah, why shouldn't, why, why shouldn't they be in charge? Why shouldn't we just let the IMF be in charge? I mean, they've done such great work in other countries, you know, bringing them back onto their feet. Really, really good. Yeah, I think that I think the thought was pretty ridiculous. That has to be domestic. That has to be triggered by domestic political pressure. Oh, definitely somebody. They've never they've never gone that far before. Yeah, ever. Like that must just be people hating the current government, and someone knows someone who works in the IMF, and it's like, hey, can you uh, can you make the go- yeah. the British government look even worse? Do you know please? what's funny though is the fact that they've come out and and have just decided to try and pressure and influence uh, the decisions of the government. That actually somewhat is reassuring to me that maybe this is the right way forward Ah, uh, yeah i mean if there's if there's anything going in the government's favor it is right now it would be that the imf has gone against it and that how is, unpopular like, all of it is globally yeah i like think if, if if the world's central banks and governments are going to fuck shit up for 14 years and then the UK decides to go. And look, I just want to preface all this with, I still think the government are a piece of shit and the Bank of England. I just, I just want to throw that one out there. I'm sure that's not a great surprise to anyone. But at least they're doing, they're, they've made a very contrarian move here. Yeah. Uh, and it is very unpopular globally because if it proves to be right, everyone else is going to look like an even bigger piece of shit than they already do. I think it's especially ironic when you consider that the IMF has been stressing the hell out about low inflation for the past 10 years. Yeah. So, and now when they're, you know, now they're suddenly like, ah, actually high inflation is a really bad issue. So they're really stressed out about low inflation and high debt to GDP. And now that inflation's here and it's actually nuking debt that they're like, actually, no, this is a really bad thing. And it makes you wonder just, you know, are these the same people writing these reports or, is, it, is this just, uh, well, we need to write about something. So we'll just write about the biggest thing, which is no longer debt. We're going to write about the biggest thing, which is inflation. Because no one wants to admit it, and nobody's going to talk about it in the press. But high, 10% inflation, you carry on like this for a while, and all the debt that everyone's been worried about ever since yeah. the financial crisis does go away pretty quickly provided that you don't then start accelerating your spending and keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing again. So 
behind closed doors, I think there are a lot of civil servants and there are a lot of treasury officials who are actually really, really chuffed about this and including people at the Bank of England. I think that's one of the reasons why they've been so uh, so cowardly when it comes to rising interest rates is because they really like having this inflation threat there again because it's finally getting rid of all this debt that everyone's been so worried about. That's a very good point is that uh, they won't actively come out and say high inflation is good for us. Yeah. Not so good for you. Um, they'll just They've all got inflation protected pensions as well. So it's, it's good for them too. Yeah, that is fucking true. Um, yeah, interesting. I yeah, I still, I mean, I still think that the they're they're gonna have it's if they can keep it to high single digits, that would be primo for them. I think it's still out of control. I and I I still expect that the bank rate's gonna be up around six percent. I've been saying this for months now. I think they'll. Yeah, it all depends what happens um, because they're clearly shitting the bed about. Uh, long bonds getting wrecked hmm. there's people saying oh you know there have been uh, some very big pension funds and very large players who've been getting margin calls because the long bond is getting wrecked because the long bond has, be, has so much leverage applied to it uh, i don't know if any of that is true but they're clearly very concerned that long dated government bonds are been selling off very very aggressively so I think they're not going to rise rate. I think 6% might be pretty optimistic because they're still so afraid of wrecking uh, all of the people who've bought our bonds for the last 10, 20 years. They're just, they're just doing a, um, they're, they're doing the classic stock market move. They're just doing buybacks now. Yeah, I guess. It's such a silly thing to be raising interest rates and then printing money raising interest rates on the short end and then printing money to buy bonds on the long end after you've just been selling long bonds. So we've just been dumping all these gilts on the market and then they're printing money to buy them back again, probably at a loss. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. You know, not, not a great trade. Buy, was it buy, buy high, sell low? Yeah, or... Yeah, sell high, buy low, I guess, was what they've been doing, but I don't think they've... Uh, they're, yeah. they're, basically, they're basically crypto traders in a, in a massive bear market. Yeah, they're, uh, the Bank of England are actually a bunch of NFT degens in disguise. Could you imagine if behind the scenes, like they had all these analysts and fucking quant dudes and they were, they were actually secretly just crypto, crypto traders? Yeah, actually, it turns out everyone's looking for Do Quan. Turns out he's actually in the Bank of England. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, tell, he's saying everybody, steady lads, deploying capital. Well, that's a great, that's a great segue. That's a great change of tact uh, into into everything going on in, in crypto land because the was, I don't know, I, I don't know if they actually did issue a red notice, but it, it was rumored that Interpol had issued a red notice on on Duquan, um, which. Uh, I I didn't even I didn't even know about I didn't even know what a red notice was well, yeah, until what, I saw that you, Netflix. What's a red one? Can I get a pink one? Well, I mean, I, I just in my mind now, all I'm picturing is like The Rock is coming after you, and you're like Ryan Ryan Reynolds. Or, you know, great. It was a very enjoyable movie, but that's as far as my knowledge of what a red notice is goes. But um, he says he apparently he said he's not hiding. I was like, how can you how can you say you're not hiding and yet Interpol can't find you. <laughs> I'm not hiding. Yeah, they just haven't found me yet. That's like, it. If I was Osama hiding. bin Laden was never hiding. They just they just didn't find him. 
for a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, as soon as I read this, like he's like, oh, I'm not hiding. It's like, well, hand yourself in to the authorities. <laughs> but like you said, maybe he's just not hiding. They just can't find him. No, maybe they've hired him to work for the Bank of England. Do you know he's what? He's been headhunted. I think, now here we go. Now, you want to dig down the conspiracy theory rabbit holes. That's here. I think that before all this kicked off, he hired a Netflix crew to follow him through all this. And he's doing a McAfee style uh, Netflix doco. And it's going to be fucking huge. Ah, that, that, that would be good. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, so he's that. gone That's on the run he... with the Netflix crew to make the best Netflix doco of all time. <laughs> and then make like Seinfeld fucking money from from the, the, the sale of it or the rights of it to pay all the shit that he lost everybody during the fucking terror collapse. So he's offsetting terror Luna with netflix he's gonna make it all back in one trade yeah that's the seinfeld trade damn yeah i can believe it sam are you drinking tonight (laughs) well i've got no beers in the house uh it's it's uh I've, i've been away so much and um consuming so many beers internationally that i have just not restocked so i am drinking whiskey um and I know I, I'm just going to butcher the pronunciation, so feel free, free to correct me. But it's the Abulur Abunda. Abuna. Abuna. The Abuna. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on the whiskey tonight because I, I'm literally the pub with no beer. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, right now, I uh, do have a beer. This one is from Devon. Devon's finest traditional ale from Tainworthy Brewery. Or at used least to be a porn star says. called Devon. Say again? <laughs> there used to be a porn star called Devon. <laughs> it is a place in the UK, you know, Sam. However, uh, now that you've said that, now that you've said that, we do the name of this uh, beer is Thirsty Blonde, and it features a blonde lady uh, oh, man. wearing a, so funny. A, a, a tank top with a uh, love heart tattoo with an arrow through it. And yeah, it's a, it's a very good beer. Bottle conditioned as well. Um, what's in the name, says the label. Here is a beer to suit many tastes. A clean flavored straw colored ale, fairly bitter with a dry and crisp fruity flavor. Very good indeed, I must say. So this is from Tainworthy Brewery in Devon. Very good indeed, 4.2%. And I am thoroughly enjoying it. Um, Sam, on, I don't think I ever said what the bullish bearish thing was for me. Uh, I think bullish, I, I was in Stockholm very recently and I tried Loos Snooze over there. What the which hell? Is loose Snooze and it is 10 out of 10. I uh, oh. would thoroughly recommend. Very bullish on Loos Snooze. Uh, hopefully now that we're out of the EU, we can actually allow people to import it into the UK because currently it is banned. Uh, you ha- can only buy Snooze that's in the chewing bag format, not the actual loose snooze form very good indeed uh on the bearish side uh hmm i think i think bondholders are going to get still just progressively get wrecked for quite some time uh yeah i think i think if you're holding guilt uh still i 
even if the Bank of England is going to start printing money to bail you out, just like they they have started doing, I don't think they're going to manage to do that for too long. No. And the inflation rate is still going to get you. So, uh, yeah, I think gold would be a better a better bet in uh, GBP at the minute because, yeah, this precious metals are still not getting much of a bid. And the longer this inflation goes, it's just going to happen eventually. I um, speaking of gold now, I know we discussed this. I don't remember what episode, but it was it was last year, maybe even the year before, when I was looking at. Um, buying some commemorative coins and gold and things like that with old Queenie on it because eventually Queenie was going to die, right? And I was like, wow, that'll be even more collectible. I went onto the Royal Mint site um, the day after she died. And you know how sometimes you go to a website where there's so much traffic that they put you in one of those automated queue systems? Oh, yeah. That was the Royal Mint. You couldn't fucking get near the site and everything was just getting snaffled up. There's virtually like no, there's like nothing left with with the queen on it whatsoever. Um, yeah, I just found that interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Uh, come on, folks. I mean, she's been around. She was around for a very long time, and uh, you know the right. Hey, we knew it was coming. Was- Everyone knew it was coming. That's what happens to old people. Was eventually we all die. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was in. I was in London for the. Uh, for uh, I flew into London from Stockholm the day she died. Oh wow! So as I was in London, I was like, "All right, I'll drop by Buckingham Palace, see what the vibe is like." Mm. Uh, quite peculiar, I must say. Uh, a lot of people there, and of course, you had the press um, moping around, asking for everybody who looks interesting what their opinion is, etc., etc., etc. And though I was more surprised by the number of people who were drinking there. So the fountain in front of Buckingham Palace was just covered in bottles and cans. Oh, really? Yeah, just completely littered. And I was like, why are you guys here? Like, this is not this is not prime drinking location. It's not like anything's going to happen at the palace that you're going to be able to spectate other than a lot of just curious people who are, who are wandering by. But yeah, um, uh, for... Uh, I think, yeah, I know we, we probably have much, um, probably very different views on uh, monarchies, Sam. I think in when it comes to the Queen, I think she was, uh, I think we were very lucky that it was her and not anyone else, given the hand that we were given. When you think that Queen Elizabeth was alive, you know, was born at the height of the British Empire in the 20s, I think, when, yeah. uh, you know, the British Empire covered uh, surface area the same size as the moon. She oversaw quite the decline. <laughs> she oversaw quite the decline. And a lot can go wrong during a very radical decline like that. And I think, yeah. all things considered, we were dealt a very, very lucky hand. Uh, given some of her relatives, I think, you know, we were actually incredibly lucky. So uh, it, is, it is, yeah, I was sad. RIP was a, uh, I, think we were, I think the longer time passes, uh, the better it's going to look like in retrospect. Yeah, I, I, and I agree because I think she will probably be the end of the monarchy for a lot of Commonwealth countries. You reckon? Yeah. Unless which ones do you think Charles that? It's all going to go its own way. Unless Charles fucks off pretty quick and old Willy Boy gets in there because he's he's popular. People like him. He'll be low touch. He'll be progressive, uh, and the Commonwealth countries would like him. Uh, with Charles, old old Charlie boy, still there. I I I can. I'm almost a hundred percent 
certain that Australia, for one, will become a republic. Serious. Yeah. Big, big calls, Sam. Big yeah. calls. Within, I would say within two years, Australia will have a referendum and become a republic. Dude, you're not even going to change the flag first? They'll worry about that shit later. I mean, Canada's not even done that, and they did change the flag. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I, I can see... Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what the Canadian vibe is, but the Australian vibe is very much... Nah, wait, what, what the fuck's the point? We, like, they didn't mind Lizzie because she's you know, a pretty constant, stable head of presence you know but nah not charles okay okay i can hate him out there do you reckon that this is gonna okay charles is in power and uh australia says nah mate we're uh we're gonna become a republic uh do you reckon that would be enough for charles to be like okay damn we need someone who's down with the kids we'll take my place i'm advocating possibly what about okay new zealand what about the kiwis um they'll just do whatever australia does <laughs> <laughs> so there i like i i i'm i'm, I'm somewhat semi-convinced that new zealand isn't too far away from becoming an australian state either oh really we're australian empire is here the kangaroos are taken over yeah, yeah. southeast asia watch out the fucking psycho running that country in New Zealand, she could be the the catalyst that sends them into becoming an Australian state. You reckon? What would it be called? What would the the you know the, would it be the grand? Uh, yeah, I mean, what would you call that? You'd have to call it. You'd have to call it New East Wales, wouldn't you? New East Wales sounds great, mate. Almost as good as East Hawaii, like the UK. So UK, US comes together, and then Australia, well, Australia and New Zealand comes together. Very nice. Yeah, I I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Australia gets a new flag, which they use during their colonial reign. Yeah, I mean, realistically, if if, uh, all the things that, I mean, people are like, well, the Aboriginal flag should be the Australian flag. I'm like, well, no, because that's doing the exact same thing, but on the other end of the scale. So there's a happy medium somewhere in between. Um, Because while there are obvious issues with colonization, you can't also avoid the fact that Australia was colonized. So there are there's a there's a lot of issues that they've got to get through, which they still fucking can't manage and never have been able to manage with the indigenous Australians. But I think it'll just be a big fucking kangaroo on a flag. <laughs> That'll literally end up being it. That, that's it. That's what it said on the tip. Like there like used it. to be there used to be this thing. I can't I don't know if it's still a thing out there, the boxing kangaroo. And then you could yep. get these green flags and it has like yellow kangaroo with boxing gloves on. And I think it harks back a little bit to to sort of the uh, sort of gold rush era out there and, and all that. But that would be cool. A big green flag with a yellow kangaroo and boxing gloves on. That'd be that'd be quite the uh, like at the Olympics. That would sort of signify, yeah, we're we're fucking here to rumble. Yeah, I'd uh, I can I can almost imagine that. I mean, uh, what would Australia be called? Like the Republic of Australia or? United States of Australia. <laughs> nah, USA. United Never States and Ter- wait, the United States and Territories of Australia, I suppose. They have to be. So the United States, US, that says 
of uh, United States and territories. U-S-A-T-A. USATA. USATOA. 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 Yeah. I assume the, um, you guys are going to go marching into like Polynesia and that as well, just because, you know, can't, probably not very well defended. Well, I mean, if anyone's going to invade, invade anyone out there, Indonesia is probably a better chance of invading Australia. Mm. Just probably lacking the organization that's needed. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I, I mean, half a, half, a bil- half a billion odd people, you, I'm sure you could get enough of uh, infantry to just walk down over 25 odd million people well i mean it's a big country right it's a big country it is it is so you would need to get there tasmania would just like <laughs> become their own country oh like, yeah tasmanian Peter, independence yeah. very nice i like that or the tasmanian flag would like just have tasmanian devil on it you'd have a tasmanian devil a kangaroo i think so that, that would make sense it'd just be animals just be animals on our flags Speaking of independence, do you reckon there's any chance Scotland gets another another tilt at it? Uh, okay, there are, there's nuance to this. Because so, um, what is it? Seaweed up, oh seaweed up there. Um, she wants another. She wants to have another dig, doesn't she? Sure, certainly. Uh, the issue is where I don't think uh, Westminster is going to grant another independence referendum. The risk is whether or not uh, does, does Westminster have to have to give approval for a referendum for it to be legal? Then yes. Uh, but right. the problem is, what if uh, Nicholas Sturgeon and Co. would say we're just going to do a wildcat referendum, a la Catalonia? And uh, in that scenario, I can imagine them like, but that would it, this is a serious gamble. I, it would be a matter. I mean, look at what happened to the Catalans when they did try that. Uh, yeah. If they did do that, obviously you'd end up with. I think most of the people who would not want independence wouldn't vote in it because it would be illegal. Uh, though not illegal to vote in it, but you know it's an illegal vote, so it's like we're not even going to give this the time of the day. Meanwhile, people who did want independence would all go out. So you then what with like a seventy percent majority, and then you know the SNP would say, "Ah, oh, we've managed to get it." Problem is, I think while that that is a possibility, I think this whole energy crisis is making the SNP look very, very bad. People forget that I think prior to 2010, uh, the SNP's official uh, policy was that Scot- an independent Scotland would leave NATO. Which uh, So this is on top of that with getting rid of Trident. Right. We're not having Trident anywhere near us. This is like we would leave NATO, which makes it look very bad in the uh, when you think of the context of the Ukrainian invasion. So I think that's making them look very bad. And also they've been very anti-fossil fuels and green, et cetera. And right now that does not look very good at all. So <laughs> I think this yeah. is making and another independence referendum. Uh, if they were if they were going to try and do one now, like it would be a massive gamble and it would be, I don't think it would look very good either. That said, Westminster is not looking good, very, very good right now. So there aren't many... Yeah. There's not a great counter argument other than this is pretty stupid. <laughs> I say just give it, give him another shot. It wasn't that long ago, was it, that they failed to get one up? So, I mean, eight years. I, I thought it, I was told it was a once in a generation vote, and that's why we had to had to vote in it. This was our one chance. How many bites at the cherry do you want? Yeah, how many once in a lifetime financial crises do we have to suffer? I mean, I yeah. thought there was only once in a lifetime. 
ah, these black swan things, these fucking black swan. I quite like like black swans are quite nice look. In fact, there's you know the black swan is a symbol of uh, Western Western Australia. <laughs> Weird. What? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Um, oh, man. I didn't know that. But uh, financial property crisis in Western Australia. Then that's where it's going to wow. stop. No, not out there. They've they've always they've always digging shit out of the ground, so it's not too bad. Um, I, I did have a I, I, I did have a point about something, and I completely lost my <laughs> lost what I was going to say on it. Yeah, something about, about something about something about. Oh, that's right. You were talking about um, the uh, fossil fuel. The 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 showing or the dislike for fossil fuels when it was quite clear that is exactly what we need. Um, yeah. I I chuckled quite a bit the um, uh, the Labor Party conference thing the little fucking circle jerk that they have every year um they had they had it in liverpool and their slogan like i i love political slogans they're just because they're so funny i can guarantee you someone got paid a lot of money oh, to yeah, come yeah, up with their slogan and they're like yeah let we, we buy into this slogan this is yeah this is a foundation of our tilt at fucking the general election in two years time and their slogan was a fairer, greener future. And I, I laughed because that's a, a fairer, greener future is exactly why there is a fucking energy crisis happening right now. Yeah. Pick your fun- moments, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they came up with that one maybe a while ago. <laughs> and it was just in the in the backlog and they hadn't really thought of anything maybe a bit more on point that that said i mean i think politicians across the board seem quite out of touch well, with yeah. uh, the common man right now so yeah maybe someone was like yeah green energy actually is the future that is exactly what we need right now now we just need more green stuff more green investment i, I had this 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 sort of discussion with uh, shay russell earlier today as well and um i came to the conclusion that the the cost of things always beats um, people's ideals. They they would rather have something cheaper, and they will sacrifice their ideals to make sure that that their cost of living is lower and more affordable. And particularly in energy, is that I would probably confidently say that people would rather have a fifty percent lower energy bill and have it come from coal than have a virtually unaffordable energy bill and have it come from renewables. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't Problem solved. I don't think there's much more to say on that point. Um, well, on that, on that note, what do you make of uh, fracking in the UK? Eh? It's great. It's exactly what the country needs. I, um, last I checked, no town, small towns had fallen into a giant fucking sinkhole when they were doing it. So, well, I just wonder how um, how fruitful, like how much they will actually be able to extract, whether or not the geology is the same, um, because we're a lot different from the US. Their their geology is a lot better. Well, everyone gets a fucking hard on for lithium mining in fucking Cornwall. So you know why they're then so opposed to fracking, which actually helps uh, the country. Fuck, fuck. Yeah, if you're looking for lithium, I mean, I'd, I'd probably say you should go to sub-Saharan Africa. I think you're probably going to find a lot more of it over there. I don't think Cornwall's your best bet. I mean, the real estate there's pretty expensive and everything. So getting those uh, mining leases 
going to be a all those people one. moved out of London during COVID down to Cornwall. Yeah. No, yeah, they moved everywhere. I mean, they, although I think they're moving back now because they realize that the commute's a real fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, Cornwall to London, that's got to be an interesting one. Even uh, in your Tesla. Well, isn't that a, that's a problem now, isn't it? Is the people, it's like companies are like, well, we actually need people back in the office. Can you start coming back in the office? And they're like, no, we're, we're remote workers now. Fuck off. It's quite funny the, how this, uh, the energy crisis puts so much of the, uh, the green narratives kind of on their head. I was speaking well, to especially for people that are working from home now and they're like, oh, fuck, this is actually a lot more expensive than my commute was. Yeah. <laughs> I was speaking to a, a friend of mine from Zimbabwe and he worked in, the, in energy uh, in sub-Saharan Africa. And, uh, and, you know, he was just saying how this whole, everyone's going to use electric cars. We're going to have a green electricity grid is just so like, it's, it's so patently ridiculous for a country like Zimbabwe. Uh, <laughs> you know, it just, it doesn't even register. They don't even have a decent rail network. So like the idea that there's going to be charging stations everywhere and everyone's going to, uh, everyone's just going to have their Teslas or their Nissan Leafs and charge up is just patently ridiculous. It's all, you know, diesel over there or petrol. And yeah, so- I mean, I, I, I did this conversation with a guy. For, he was from he was from Perth. He's actually originally from like 460k north of Perth, uh, the other week, and right. uh, and we were talking about EVs and stuff. He's like, "Man, I can't. If I want to go, I can't get an. I just can't get an EV because if I want to drive just back to my hometown from Perth, I can't. I can't get there, right? Without having to stop and fuck around for half an hour." And he goes, "That is just not practical, at all." Yeah, so I was like, until until I can do a thousand kilometers on a charge, which is about what you'll get from a pretty efficient petrol powered car now. Uh, I guess there's no point. It's just not happening. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, I'm sure it won't um, won't dampen any of the spirits of the Green Beret Brigade who are uh, telling us the world is uh, ending tomorrow, or the world has ended yesterday. And all we can do now is damage mitigation. Uh, on that note, actually, the second beer I'm drinking is called Utopia. <laughs> it is a Vienna <laughs> Keller Lager. So uh, I'm sure they were thinking of everyone driving electric moments. vehicles Jesus. <laughs> when, they, uh, when they made this one. There's a quote on the front, actually. Very good. I think I believe this has Britannia on it. If others can see it as I've seen it, then it may be called a vision rather than a dream. This is from William Morris. Fantastic label here. Yeah, I mean, I love a good label on a beer can. Mm. This is really, really good. This is by Utopian Brewing, brewed with all British ingredients. Very nice, Utopian Brewing. This is a very tasty beer. And uh, this is a 4.8% Vienna Keller Lager. Fantastic. I must say, this one, I'm going to give this one a B+. Very good. And I'll give the Thirsty Blonde from Tainworthy Brewery a B, I think. Oh, yeah. Very good. Thirsty Indeed. Blonde and Utopia. I've got to, I've got, I've got to dust off, uh, dust off dust the off. old booms, booze, booms, bust rating system. Yeah. How, that's been a long time since you opened that Excel document, eh, Sam? Uh, it's it's, it's an uh, encrypted um, note file on uh, Apple Notes. Nice, encrypted. So, you know, oh yes, They're password protected, encrypted. You know the whole shebang, shebang. <laughs> yeah, this is the these are the trade secrets. No one, uh, no one should be allowed to find out what these are unless they've listened to every single episode. 
I think one day we will publish this. And I, I know there's a few I've, I've maybe missed out, but there's a fuckload on here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's um, yeah, there's the elusive, you know, the holy grail of the triple B rating is still yet to be um, achieved ever. That said, I did find uh, one of my all-time favorite beers the other day uh, from a couple of years ago, a barley wine, long a long forgotten journey, as it's called by yes. Siren. Uh, and that is currently in the fridge, so maybe maybe it'll it'll happen, Sam. Uh, do you have any closing notes for episode eighty-five? Ah, that's a good question. You know, I take a view that things always seem worse than they actually are, and it's very easy to get very caught up in all of it, but. It pays to just, instead of watching the news at night, watch an episode of the very, very poor She-Hulk. Um, even though it's shockingly, <laughs> even though it's shockingly bad, oh, mate. it's better than the news. Oh, uh, take time off of social media, off of Facebook, off of your echo chamber, whatever your echo chamber of choice may be. Just take a step back because things aren't as bad as they might seem. Um, and keep investing because there's still a lot of good companies and stocks and opportunities out there that you do a little bit of fundamental analysis and you can go, you know what, this is a good portfolio ad for the next 10 or 20 years time. Plenty of those out there. So keep on keeping on. One of my favorite aspects of the show is just watching you become slowly more disillusioned with Disney and Disney's <laughs> creations, especially when it comes to Cape shit. No, I love, I love, I loved it. So I watched Thor, um, what is it? Love and Thunder. And it was pretty average. I'm not going to lie. Um, they really tried to make it funny. Miss the mark by quite a lot. But I do love Disney Plus. Like Disney Plus has got a lot of, that's my go-to streaming service now. So while I'm not big on the caped stuff, their Star Wars stuff is getting better and better. So it's kind of like a net zero some game. Like the real net zero that we're all working towards is less Marvel, more Star Wars. That's the real net zero approach. And that's really what we all should be aiming for. All right. So the, the carbon offset for Marvel is Star Wars. Right, that's how they, the Marvel yeah, how offset. They the Marvel offset is Star Wars. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, there you have it, folks. That was episode eighty-five of Booze, Booms, and Busts. Sorry, it's been so long since we've done an episode—five weeks yeah. plus two days. That's a long time, uh, as we've been uh, commenting on thus far. But hopefully, we shall be back again with episode eighty-six. That's all from us for the moment. Hope you are having a good time, uh, enjoying some nice beers, and uh, not getting too stressed given the current environment. As Sam says. Yep. Always look on the bright side. There's always something good coming around the corner eventually. But we'll see you next time, folks. Have a good one. Bye-bye.